Yeah, it's been it's been a while, man. You know, that's very controversial record, and I, I believe it deserved a re-release. And I would argue that it would be just as controversial today, don't you think? Man, that record is brutal right there. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't give nobody no break, you know? If, yeah. If you're black, you get it. If you're white, you get it. If you fat, skinny, <laughs> ugly, you know, so... You know, it's just a record that I'm I'm just really, uh, I mean, it's 1991. We in the heat, we, you know, uh, it's the Rodney King stuff going on. So that that's a fiery record. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> on this podcast we're gonna take it back we're going back to october 29th 1991 on that day ice cube released his classic but controversial album the death certificate and we're going to talk about it we're going to break down the tracks we're going to talk about the controversy surrounding the album and the legendary diss track against nwa and i will not be doing this podcast alone i've got my boy vernell is in the building so sit tight after the break what you will hear the death certificate 30 years later right here on the 12 kyle podcast let's get it and just like that we are back Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. And I got to tell you, it's always good to go back. And on this podcast, we are going back. You see the the title. Uh, We are taking it back. Uh, We're going back to October 29th of 1991. On that day, October 29, 1991, Ice Cube dropped his album, The Death Certificate. Um, And we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. And uh, I got a special co-host in here, man. Me and this guy, man, we go back. This is his first time on the podcast. And uh, we have been talking about it. And I think think what got me to think about getting you on is, because I think we started, we were talking about this album a couple of months ago on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? Man, I got to get Vernell on this joint, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the 12 Kyle podcast for the first time. My man, Vernell V, what up, man? What's up, 12 Kyle? How you doing, brother? I'm happy, man. very happy, and appreciate you inviting me to the show, man. man I've been listening. Anytime, I've been man. an avid fan for some you years have now, been. man. Yeah, you have been. Yeah. And this is this a long time coming, man. We, we, we talked about doing it, uh, especially with our boy Tyrone from uh, Tackless and Know It All's podcast. Uh, yes, shout out sir. to T. Um, the three of us got to get together and do one. Oh together yeah, most too. definitely, so, man. Um, That's gonna be ours. You might have to. Break oh yeah, it yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gonna ramble. Yeah, because he, uh, he, you know, the last I think the last one he was on, we did a top. It was our top five diss songs, mm. which is apropos because there's a, a, an incredible diss song on this oh, album. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, man, let's let's go back, man. October 29th, 1991, uh, Ice Cube releases Death Certificate, man. Um, so let's go back. 
do you yes. remember where you were and what you were doing when this album came out? Like, you know, what grade you were in, or you remember when you bought the album? Just, just tell me about that that experience. Yeah, so that was 1991. I just moved back to New Orleans, but okay. I went to Atlanta for the summer. And there was these two older guys from Ohio that were living there at the time. They put me on, uh, I think the first song I heard was Steady Mobbing. But mm. they played the whole cassette for me. And when I heard it, I was like, I'm done. From the intro, man. The intro, the way it starts with the color purple and just the Muslim, the brother and Cube had cut his Jerry. I'm like, where's the Jerry? Mm-hmm. You know, he just seemed like he came into his own. But yeah, man, I was... I was in Atlanta, but I was in New Orleans when I saw the Steady Mob video on the music box, music video okay. box. So yeah, 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 it was amazing. Yeah, man. I um, much like you, man. I I, I just I well, first and foremost, I was a huge and still am huge Ice Cube fan. Like Ice Cube is my favorite member of NWA. Um, you know, we just like anybody else who was a fan, you were a little concerned because you know, Cuba gone solo. And, mm-hmm. you know, while it was, it was, I guess, it wasn't a big thing for somebody to go solo in a, in a singing group, but mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily leave a rap group. I mean, like, you know, th- that was kind of unheard of at the time. Right. And, right. you know, and then we also knew that not only did he go solo, but this dude is beefing with the dudes that he came up with. So, <laughs> We're not even sure how this is going to look or how it's going to sound. All we know is that Kill It Will had come out, which was his EP. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, okay, cute, cute, got it. You know, but Jack then NWA, in, Jack and for Beats, mm-hmm. NWA had dissed them, dissed him on, on their album. Um, and so we weren't sure how this was going to look. We weren't sure how it was going to sound. We weren't sure about anything. Um, but Death Certificate comes out, like I said, 1991. And um, I was October 1991. I was I was in college. I just started my freshman year at uh, South Carolina State University. Um, but yeah, man, I, I this album. When I tell you this album blew me away, mm-hmm. I mean it literally blew me away. I, I had no idea. Um, this album, I think, is. I, I think it was very necessary. Yes, but. <laughs> This might be, I tell people all the time, this might be like the blackest, <laughs> most, most offensive, because Cube offended everybody. Everybody. Anti Semitic. It was anti, it was, it was, it was, it was homophobic. Anti Asian. Yeah, anti, oh yeah, definitely anti Asian. <laughs> he talked about his own people as well. Yeah. He, he covered he, the whole gambit. Uh, yeah. Kyle? There, like, there was nobody that he didn't talk about on right. this album. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, man. You know, that's very controversial record, and I, I believe it deserved a re-release. And I would argue that it would be just as controversial today, don't you think? Man, that record is brutal right there. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't give nobody no break, you know? If, yeah. If you're black, you get it. If you're white, you get it. If you're fat, skinny, <laughs> ugly, you know, so... You know, it's just a record that I'm I'm just really, uh, I mean, it's 1991. We in the heat, we, you know, uh, it's the Rodney King stuff going on. So that that's a fiery record. Um, mm-hmm. 
so when you first got your hands on the, the I'm assuming you got the tape, because uh, I had the tape. Um, what were your first thoughts or, or, or your first listen of, of that particular album? So I'm going to tell the young kids out there. I was 13 <laughs> and there was this thing called the parent advisory sticker where mm-hmm. a guy of my age couldn't buy. So it was a struggle just to get the cassette. I think I asked my dad to get it. And he was like, what's this? I'm like, oh, man, that is Ice Cube. My mom, on the other hand, that's another story. But right. when I heard it, I was, I mean, like I said, the intro blew me away. When the guy, I forgot his name. But he was like him and Cube used to be real tight. I don't, he was down with the five percenters, or he was a Muslim, and he was uh, saying, "Dr. Khaled Muhammad." I think so. I yep. think that was yep. him. And the way he was sounding, he was speaking with so much pride and to be black, and I was blown away, man. Because I mean, I, they don't teach us who we are in high school. You know, you either have to go to college or you have a parent that was into being self-aware of who they were as a black man or a black mm-hmm. woman so it, it I, that part i did love about it the gangster aspect i loved about it because i obviously i wasn't in the game <laughs> i was a nerd <laughs> right so it, it gave, he painted a picture for guys like me and you you playing sports i'm an art i'm into art so mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know that world i see it yes right but right. he painted that picture uh and it was just amazing man i was there's no not one song that I skip. So is it safe to say that in your mind this is a five mic classic? Would you call it a classic? Or I, I would definitely call it a classic. Um it's a classic that I probably I struggle giving it five mics, but it's why. right there. It's it's right there. Like if you said it's it was a, five mics, I, I won't argue with you. Four though. Um, I'll give it a four. Yeah, I, I got I give it like a four 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 and a half mm-hmm. i'm back and forth it just depends on the date like there's only one track that i'm like uh, okay you know but everything else is it, it is is flawless and i think part of the things that and i always talk about this when when i have when i do these albums that have you know aged or what have you is that we want to try to paint a picture for especially for those who weren't around or maybe might not have been outside at that particular time but you know, what this album did was this album also did a lot of foreshadowing, you know, um, because yes. we had not had the the Rodney King riots yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he touched on everything from drug abuse to police brutality to gang yes. violence to um, fast girls, fast girls to cult- yeah. uh, what, what, what do you want to call it? Cultural cultural appropriation, you know, where yes. you had these minorities coming into the black neighborhoods, buying up uh gentrification you know, early gentrification yeah early gentrification and this is did this come out after boys in the hood i think yeah because i think boys in the hood came out in 89 i think without looking it up so yeah this was after this so it, it's and it's funny man you know what's funny when i think about it and i think about this album and i think about ice cube in particular mm-hmm. like and i know you probably go through this too because your kids are young like my kids know Ice Cube as the "Are We There Yet?" guy. Oh, God. <laughs> they, they don't know him as they don't you know, know the Jerry Curl. They don't know gangster, gangster. They don't oh, know that you know. Man. So they they know Ice Cube, and it's funny because even before, just yesterday, um, mm-hmm. I walked in the room and they were watching "Are We There Yet?" I mean, they think Ice Cube's this funny, lovable guy. Oh my! And um, 
you know, nah, he, he was back then he was the quote unquote nigga you love to hate. I mean, cause right. yes. he was ice cube was everything. So, um, but yeah, you're right, man. I, I just remember when I got this tape, I couldn't stop playing it. Like I right. just couldn't stop playing it. It was it. Everybody in the dorm had it at South Carolina state university and I just couldn't stop playing it. And it, it, to your point, it did a great job for us as far as making us aware about things that we, you know, weren't really aware of and, you know, just your sur surroundings mm -hmm. and as black men. And, at you know, this, it was key for me because at that particular time, like I said, I'm, I'm at South Carolina state university, which is mm -hmm. a historically black college. Um, so you're becoming self-aware. So you're 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, and you're becoming self-aware of who you are as a man, a young man. And then mm -hmm. you also add in the piece of the young black man. And it, it was things, you know, you had the ice cube at the time. I don't, I don't know if he was ever a member of the 5% nation. Do you know? If I don't he know that was, for sure. I don't know yeah, that for I don't, sure. I don't know when that, you opened but he was cover, down with him. Right. The brothers with the bow ties, yes. everybody was like, oh my God, these dudes about to just <laughs> go to the Capitol and just march. Like before the big <laughs> man march was out, they was ready right. for that action. You know? Right. So, you know, he wasn't a five percenter, but he was definitely down with him, down with the nation of Islam. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and this was such a pro-black album. I, I always and it's funny, man, because it's like when I see people do interviews with Ice Cube, I always want them to ask him about this album. Nobody ever asked oh, him about they this don't, album. Man. Nobody never asked. They'll ask about Friday. They'll ask about, you know, his other albums, but they never even Amer they'll ask about America's Most Wanted, but they won't ask about this. But this album right here, like I said, I don't think that there's any album this black. No, I mean besides <laughs> PE, besides yeah, yeah, PE, yeah. but this this album is just a unique album. The album cover, man. Who yes. puts the a dead corpse on a gurney with the tag toe tag Uncle toe -tag. Sam on there? Uncle Sam. toe tag Uncle Sam. I'm like. And it's, oh man, we're going to get into it as we break down the tracks, because I, I got right. some connections that, like you said, it was a, a four, what's the, uh, a precursor to certain things mm -hmm. that happened in my life or certain events mm -hmm. that happened in America. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he, he, he touched on just about anything. I mean, excuse me, any and everything. Um, this album runtime is 61 minutes. And to be honest, it doesn't feel like it's 61 minutes. No, it doesn't. But um, it goes by relatively quickly. Uh, the listed producers on here, uh, Sir Jinx, which is Ice Cube's the cousin. Right. Uh, yes, pure beast, mm -hmm. legend. Um, Ice Cube executive produced it and DJ Pooh. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, again, some of the themes that he talked about he covered it. There was nothing that he didn't cover right. from drug dealing to racial profiling, selling out as a black man, selling out exactly, selling out the hammer, keeping, keeping your guns. <laughs> right, you don't need a dog. You, you the gun is your best friend. I mean, <laughs> gun is man's best friend. Oh man. Um, and and to now to say that this album, uh, you know started some controversy is a huge understatement. This album actually went, <laughs> <laughs> this album went platinum. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, it was one of those albums that, you know, when you had it, uh, like I said, you just rocked out to it. And it was, it was amazing, man. And it, it still reverberates to this day as far as what it's he aged was trying very to do. well, man. It's yes, aged like fine well. wine. Yeah. Very well. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's out of production. What what did you before we even get into the tracks? What did you think about the overall production? Because I know we we touched on it a little <clears> bit, but <throat> there, there was heavy sampling in this album, oh, and yeah. it, it, it took us back, man. What what did you think about the uh, the production? So being thirteen, I just I think OG just dropped OG original gangster with Ice T, and the production on there was crazy. So like mm-hmm. you said, Ice Cube did the the kill at will the EP. That production was crazy. Then you for Cube to get the bomb squad to go to the east and get the bomb mm-hmm. squad and do America's Most Wanted was amazing in itself. Yes. So then to go from that to death certificate, the production, I mean, it got me into Parliament. It got me yeah. heavy, heavy Parliament samples, heavy funkadelic samples. It was just an overall. The production to me was was top notch, man. I had no complaints. Like I said, there may be one or two songs that I'm like, ah, it's okay. But mm-hmm. overall, man, I have no complaints about the production. They were they were yeah. on the A game, man. I agree totally, man. It, and it, that just shows you the, the the versatility of Ice Cube because you mentioned, you know, America's Most Wanted, him going out to the East to give the bomb squad. Unheard of. Which was, Unheard of. Yeah, that, that never happened. And, I mean... You, Hip hop fans know that the Bomb Squad is uh, Public Enemy's, you know, major production team, and mm-hmm. so to do that, to be a West Coast cat, and then right. say, okay, you know what, I'm going over here to the East Coast, and they created an incredible album. That's my favorite Ice Cube album. Um, mm-hmm. And then you come back, and again, him, DJ Pooh, Sir Jinx, they took. <laughs> they, they squeezed every bit of parliament they did, i mean they like did. <laughs> they, they didn't leave any songs out i mean and, no. and you know that's the you mentioned something about parliament and i think that's the beauty of this particular era of hip-hop mm-hmm. because what it did for you is probably similar to what it did for me wherein you may have heard, I know I did, you may have heard, you know, your mom and dad, uncles, aunts, whomever, car parties, playing parliament, or you might have just heard it, you know, riding in the car, whatever the case may be, when you were a kid, when you were mm-hmm. shorty. And then you go from that to now all of a sudden we're back into music and hip hop is taking those samples from that, from those old records and they're putting it into the music now and mm-hmm. you're being reintroduced and then it makes you, if you're a fan, it makes you go dig even deeper for Parliament, for, yes. you know, and, and groups like that. George Clinton, Boosie Collins. I mean, all of these right. people, they were they were legends and great in their own right in their era in the 70s and 80s. And then hip hop basically recycles, recycles right. their music and then mm-hmm. it reintroduces them to another uh, generation. So what, what was your take on just that element of using the funk? on this album that element was very important because we know like dre is very yes. parliament <laughs> sample driven like uh, yes. let me ride as parliament so what what sir jinx and Pooh and all the great producers of this era did mm-hmm. for me was like i'll hear it and then as i got i'm like man let me go pick out some parliaments i'm like oh snap this is the song they used on right right um to be uh, young and dumb, you know, growing up doing dumb shit. I'm yeah. like, this is the song. So it, it makes you appreciate and know that these producers went mm-hmm. digging and was like, yo, let's mix this. And I'm like, I appreciate that, dude. A lot of a lot of people like uh, 
Madlib and all our favorite producers, the RZA, mm-hmm. Dilla, and Pete Rock, they get punished and like kind of mm-hmm. spanked on the hand by some of the OGs because like you're sampling my music, I need you to pay. But it really they was paying homage, in my that's, opinion. That's how that's and, all and it was. just like you said, they introduced us to a whole nother world of music. We're gonna listen to hip hop, but I'm also gonna listen to the music my parents listen to. I think that's very important, and I don't hear it too much these days, you know, with the new music, but mm-hmm. you might hear some, some young kids sample Joe Z. So very few, but during from like 87 to like 96, man, it was just glorious. Just, yeah, man. it was until the politics got involved. But yeah, man, the production that they did on Death Certificate just really, it just made me go back and listen to other stuff, man, like other yeah, music. Man. So and, and that really, that's what it's all about. It, it is there to and i think when they were making that type of music that's what their intent was to reintroduce because if you think about it you know you take a guy like like you said dre or ice cube in this case you know they're a little bit older than us but Mm -hmm. you know they grew up listening to that music so they were what you know what people in the south call old souls (laughs) so yes you know they were old souls so they they appreciated that type of music and they just gave it back to another generation. And like you said, you hit the nail on the head. I don't listen to a lot of today's rap, but I don't hear that. Yeah, the little bit of it that I do listen to, I don't hear it. I don't hear that kind of homage being brought back because it's, you know, really and truly, there's a lot of music that they could sample from the 90s that they don't. Yeah, and they, I've heard kids sample Jodeci, mm-hmm. heard kids sample Brownstone. Uh, Raphael Sadiq with the Wale yes. song, you know, so it's like we said, it's a few, but man, you could, it was a plethora of producers, just, just man, listen. Tribe, De La, Farside, I mean, they was just sampling every and anything, Wu-Tang, it was just, Outcast, well, Outcast is just a different beast in <laughs> They They play live yes, instruments sir. and samples, so organized noise is, that's another story. Out of here. Out yeah. of here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So let, we can jump into the tracks, man. So the album starts off just to give you you listeners an idea. <laughs> there's Vernell and I had the tape, right? So it's cassette tape. So on the tape, there's a, such things called an A side and then there's a B side. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta break it down it's, like this. Right, right, right. Uh, you, you, they got people listening that's young yeah because yeah because they don't know so like there's an yeah. a side and there's a b side so normally if yes. you had if you had seven tracks on the a side then you had seven tracks on the b side and uh ice cube on this particular album he named the a side the death side and he named the b side the life side and i'll, I'll explain why he did that in in just a few but the death side is what is it? Eleven tracks. So really, mm-hmm. if you think about it, I never really looked at it until I thought about it like this. In a way, this was kind of like a double album, but it wasn't a double album. Right. But it, you know, if if it had come out in <laughs> if it had come out in nineties, it would have been a double 96. album. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a double album. But uh, so there's eleven tracks on um on the A side on the the death side and then there's uh an additional what nine tracks on the life side so it starts off with 
the funeral. The funeral. Lisa got it. What did you think about the funeral? It, it the sound effects. I felt yes. like I was I was I was in the procession with them. I was I was looking at the guys like on three, one, two, three, lift. Then you open the church doors, the mm -hmm. organs playing, people are wailing. You we know about black funerals, yep. and we Come show out. We show up and show out. You gonna cry? The organ's gonna be playing. Somebody's gonna pass out because they guilt. They feeling guilty because they didn't spend enough time with that right. said dead person right. so when it opens the doors and the organ's playing and the preacher's going off and then he's like he was a good brother he didn't get into accessible amount of trouble but one thing it was one thing he was the wrong <laughs> nigga to fuck with then the beat bro yes i mean come on man the beat comes in yes. just hits you so hard in the chest yeah, man. When I, whenever that, I play that, bro, I think I played it in the garage one time. And my neighbor, okay. he's a few years older than me, and he's like, man, you got any, any two live crew or uh, Dr. Dre and <laughs> W.A.? And I'm like, nah, I got that uh, death certificate, though. It's like, man, play that. I turn the speakers up. you got to play the second song after Funeral very loud. Yes. Because he's very aggressive. Oh, what really? did you think about the funerals? The funerals. Man. I'm with you, man. The funeral was, it, it sounded like a funeral. I mean, right. and it's, 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 it's interesting how he, he weaves in and out because if you think about it, um, it was on America's most wanted ice cube begins on death row. That's how mm. the album starts. He, he's, he's on death row. They're walking him into the chamber you know, he's about to get, you know, the electric chair, electric whatever chair, the case may yeah. be. And so this is the flip side of that. He's, uh, this is the intro to this album and he's, <clears throat> he's, he's, he's dead. It's a funeral. So you hear, like you said, the wailing, you hear the, the man on the organ, you hear the preacher talking or whatever like that. And it's funny the preacher say, he's the wrong nigga to fuck with. <laughs> in church. <laughs> something, something crazy to say in church. Ooh. And then when he says he was the wrong nigga to fuck with, the beat drops and it goes right into track to the wrong nigga to fuck with. Oh my gosh, man. This is not now. And this song is only two minutes and 48 seconds, but this is so 
hard that it is ridiculous, man. What it's do you think w- about this track, man? Now that I think about it, when I go back to the gym, whenever COVID dies down, mm-hmm. that's going to be one of my workout songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. he's like, God damn. And then a beat coming in. Oh, man. It, I, I just was blown away, bro. And I was thinking about the funeral, like how your boy's like, where's the obituaries? He was like, Lisa got it. Like, just... <laughs> But nah, man, the second song, how he comes in the second song is very aggressive. It's very like in your face, like Q busting through that that mm-hmm. on the NWA video, you mm-hmm. know, straight mother, straight from Compton, yep. you know, crazy motherfucker yep. named Ice Cube. So it had that same energy. Like he still had a, a his foot in the NWA bag when he yes. did the second song drop. Yes. So I'm like, yes. oh shit. So yeah, I man, said, that song. Blows I said me. the same thing. I said the same thing, man. It, it, he. He really went back to Ice Cube from NWA mm-hmm. on that track. I mean, like the the loudness, the aggression, and it was just it was his statement, you know, just letting people know, like, look, I'm I'm Ice Cube. If you, you know, I'm here. He had, yeah, I'm here. I got something to prove. I ain't scared of nobody. These right. dudes over here, they talking shit. I don't care. You know, they can got get these it. Muslim too. brothers I mean, with me, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, you know, they all ex criminals. They got the 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 forty fives and the Glocks on. So exactly. Come on. And it's like if if it was twenty twenty one, he you, you would have said he was with the smoke. He wanted right. all the. Oh, smoke. he wanted all the smoke, bro. <laughs> all the smoke, every last drop yeah. of it. Yeah. And so uh, that was a, a great track, track two, and then you then you go into track three, my summer Ooh, vacation. My man, God. What, what did you think one about this, one, man? Oh yeah. This this is a this is another example of cubes pen and story ability story writing ability <laughs> storytelling ability this dude had me on the plane with him yeah. i'm watching the whole shit while i'm bumping to my walkman with my cassette i'm like damn they're going to, you know we're going to st louis <laughs> you know what i mean we about to set up shop mm-hmm. take over their hood the crack game has started popping off already you know, we about to go set up shopping and just have these dudes wearing out, throwing up gangs like us, wearing mm-hmm. our dickies and yep. our khakis, our our colors, dying over streets they never heard never of. Never heard of. Nineteen ninety one, Tony Montana. Montana. Mm. So this song is just this is another example of Cube's pen at that time was just it just really like I said, man, it took me from New Orleans to Cali. Getting on LAX, then flying to Missouri. Yes. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this guy is amazing. Why is he taking me there? I mean, how did you feel about my summer vacation? I I loved it, man. This is this this thing is 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 so vintage Ice Cube because, like you said, he is such a dope writer. We knew that he did most of the writing for NWA. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ren wrote his stuff, but you know, he wrote for Dre and for Cube. And um, I mean, excuse me, Dre and and, um and easy. Easy and uh (laughs) <laughs> and his his ability to tell stories and I, I think that's one of the, the lost arts you know as far as hip-hop is concerned yes. and you know because nobody tells stories anymore and they definitely don't tell stories like this but you know for those of you who haven't heard the song Ice Cube basically talks about how him and his partners they got tired of slinging drugs in LA so they decided to catch a flight to St. Louis they set up shop took over the corners and had it popping for a minute, <clears throat> excuse me. And then his own boy got shot, and then they had to kind of pack up shop, and then you know go back, you know, to LA with the tw- tails in between their legs. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was just it and stuff like that really happens. And so right. what it did was it mirrored society because, you know, at that particular time, yeah, L.A. was definitely known for gangs, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah the gang culture at that particular at least what from what we knew because again right was, we didn't have the it, internet it, 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 we didn't have the internet no, we <laughs> so, did not we had magazines uh, and television that was it so you know gangs i'm sure that there were gangs outside of la but not like that and so no. when you had a chance to listen to him tell this story you it sounded so vivid and so real and that's one of the things mm-hmm. that i love about ice cube as far as how he writes is that he paints a, a very detailed picture and I mean, yeah. you could just see him and his homeboys going to L. I mean, going to St. Louis, you know, setting up shop, you know, and that's everybody bold at that time. That's bold to go to somebody. That's like, OK, somebody coming to your house and be like, Kyle, I need you to turn off all sports <laughs> or, you know, do this and do that. You can't go to somebody else's town. And the mm-hmm. fact that y'all L.A. Cali dudes went to St. Louis and thought these dudes wasn't going to retaliate. Right. Was, right. Was beyond my thinking. You know, it's still, it's still like, damn, y'all niggas was real bold. Real bold. I mean, because, you know, they, they're coming they coming from L.A. They're thinking, okay, these St. Louis dudes are slow. Like, they, they country. Just, you know, right. Yeah, no. they country. They're not, they're not going, they're not going to back down. But um, great, great story rhyme right there. Awesome. Um, yes. Then we moved to track four, Steady Mobbing, which he did a video for. Uh, yes. What do you think about that one? That was another... <clears throat> Like the kids, like we tell the kids, man, we weren't flying everywhere. We wasn't, <clears throat> we didn't have the bag or mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet. So once again, he paints a day in the life of being in LA or being in Compton or being in a Watts or being in <clears throat> 213, mm-hmm. you know? So that song was just, it was kind of funny, you know? It yeah. has some, some comedy in it. Cause it's like, yo man, I went to, I saw Sir Jinx. It's like you little brothers be popping. Man, get in, fool! I had to to drop a load at mom's house, coming out feeling about ten pounds pounds lighter. And people still quote that to this day. Man, Martin quoted it. I I still still say it. it. Right. That's the power. That song, the 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 chorus, which is another uh, branch of Parliament. You know what I mean? Uh, So yeah, man. uh, it was another dope song in the, yes. the sequencing, Kyle. Yes. How it's sequencing, right? It's like a th- it's just threading from song to song. There's no like, oh man, I, I could skip this song. No, it's very mm. sequenced very, very well. Very well. Yeah, but very, that's another sequ- one of my songs. The sequencing, it, it, it definitely matters, especially now you're talking about mm-hmm. an album that's 30 years old because yes. it, it doesn't feel like it's 30 years old, but when you look at how the songs were sequenced, it, it actually makes even more sense now than it did back then. Uh, I'm with you, man. I love the video. I love, like you said, it, it talks, it's just a day in a life. And, and that's the thing, like, I want to impress upon those who are younger, um, who may be listening or watching this. Um, when you tell the story, you're able to paint that picture and put people in the place where you want them to be. So, yes. like you said, you're in New Orleans. I'm at South Carolina State. At that particular time, like I, I had been to LA, but I only went mm-hmm. like for the Super Bowl. So I, I wasn't wasn't like I I hadn't I was in Metro LA. I was in Pasadena. I wasn't in Compton. You know, so wow. so this Proper. this right. was foreign to me. So it was when when you rhyme the like beat. that, 
Yes. Right. <laughs> when the you beat, like the that. beat was hard. Right. The beat was crazy. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. But when you rhyme like that, I you, think that you my wife, the... my wife, Go ahead. Uh, that's the only song she knows off that album. She she knows. I'm like, <laughs> baby, you never heard that's what she's like, nah, all I know is like, let me get steady mom. She's like, yeah. Steady so, mom, yep. Yeah. Steady mom. Yeah. Um, Great song. then you get to track five, which is an interlude. Robin Lynch. <laughs> what would you think about Robin 5, Lynch? 5,000 G. <laughs> oh, man, it was so horrible. So Robin Lynch takes you on this trip in the hood. And the, like you said, it's degrading to women. It's very, uh, it was just, it was just another, that was, that was actually a funny skit because it's like, it you was. know, they, they tried to shoot him. It's right. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Hey, hey, bitch, how much my head? Like, oh, whoa, <laughs> damn, Robin, you wildin' out here, bro. So, yeah, that skit was hilarious, man. The guy doing it does several voices on this album, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. uh, again, for, for those of you who might not catch the context or, or the, the, the correlation, Robin Lynch is a play on a guy that used to be on TV named Robin Leach. Robin yes. Leach uh, hosted a show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> And yeah. he would, so just think in your mind, uh, before Instagram. Wasn't, early, if, wasn't that early yeah, this, reality? Early yeah, it, it was. Reality it was. type TV? It really was because yeah. it was it was like reality TV. Like he would go into their homes and they would show, think like empty on the MTV Cribs type of vibe. Cribs, yeah. Um, he would go into their homes and, you know, show what they were living like in their houses or whatever like that. And so what this is, is a play on that particular kid. Cause I think Robin Leach was, or is, I'm not sure if he's still alive. I'm assuming he is, but um, he was English if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. so that's why he has this accent on here, but Robin Lynch on this skit, <laughs> instead of taking them through, instead of taking them to Hollywood or the Holly Beverly Hills or what have you, he's going to the hood. And so all of the stuff that you would think would happen in the hood uh, is happening on this particular skit, so it is a very, very funny skit, man. And it's still, yeah, it's still, um, you know, he killed well, me. Tell him, like, tell him about the lynch, the lynch part. What as far as like the lynch mob? Yeah, because I don't think they know. Like, why would he change Robin Lee to lynch? But yeah, like the kids who don't know, like lynch mm -hmm. mob was consisted of uh, Ice Cube, yep. uh, the lynch mob, Dell, Funky Homo Sapien, Yo Yo. Uh, and several other members, uh, Sir James. Yeah, that was nice. The what was, what was the Gorillas in the Mist crew? I can't remember that. That was Lynch Mob. Guys' names. Yeah, that was I was about the names. Yeah, I forgot their name, but yeah, I, was, I can't they remember was, the names. They was but, black uh, too. They was black. They had a yep. blackity black album as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah so that was uh. So the Lynch Mob was Ice Cube's crew, and mm -hmm. so um. So yeah. So that so he changed. So they changed the name to Robin <laughs> Lynch. But I again, funny, funny skit, man. Funny skit. Yes. Um. Yes. Then we moved to track six. Giving up the nappy dugout, man. What you got on this oh one? <laughs> so, I think Juice came out maybe after this or before this, and I heard Samuel Jackson talking to the brother. He was like, "Man, she gave me the snappy nappy dugout, man. Snappy nappy dugout." And then Ice Cube comes out with the snappy nappy dugout, and it's it's one of those songs where I'm like, "Am I old enough to be listening to this?" Like I'm 13 yeah, at the you time. Say, yeah, you like, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You little like, too, you be young boy. Yeah. So you know, hormones racing. I'm like, oh, right, snappy right. nappy dugout. Okay. So yeah, man, I I dug that song as well, bro. It was 
it was uh I'm trying to think of the lyrics. What did you how did you feel about that song? Man, again, a very uh misogynistic yes uh coarse, crude. Um <laughs> it was all of that, but it was jamming. <laughs> like yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> He he in in one verse he talks about going to oh how it girl's started house. yeah going to the girl's house and yes the dad she he he has and the dad answers the door and he was like yeah Cheryl home he was like man I ain't letting Cheryl my daughter Cheryl go out no no nigga named Ice Cube he was like I raised my I raised my daughter in a Catholic school <laughs> school private school. school and um and so <laughs> Ice Cube goes on to proceed to tell oh, him about his horrible. daughter and it so was horrible, it was so disrespectful bro. he was like was. you know. And then he said, and if she decides to call rape, we got the little hooker on tape. That was horrible, y'all. Looking back at it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A very problematic lyric, you know. Very. He would Q would have got canceled for that song. All yeah, the time. yeah. Now that again, and that's and that's something that me and my boy Eclectic, shout out to Eclectic. Um, that's something we've talked about on, on podcasts before. Like, you know, in the 90s, we got a lot, you know, a lot of shit got oh. off when you that wouldn't get off today. Right, like the, the last all. episode y'all did with the tribe makes 30, the low end theory, yeah. the, the date rape song. Like date rape. Take it off. Time out. Time yeah. out. Take that yeah, thing, take it off. That's that's like long getting age. Getting away with so much. Yeah. And living so, color, like oh God. Yeah. yeah. It, push yeah, pushing that, the envelope was was easy back then. Snap um, every dugout, I'm sure. If that father loved his child, he probably at the end of the song. Q would have probably got a couple got Swiss cheesed up or his ass. Oh, beat. no question. No, he would have got stomped out, though. Like easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, there's a message there because he's talking about, you know, her promis her being promiscuous and she's why is she right? These... My question, why yeah, she, is she promiscuous? She's, she's sleeping with all of these guys and stuff like that. And it's a perfect right. lead into the next song. Oh my look God. who's burning. <laughs> <laughs> Track seven. Okay. So look, look who's burning. Starts oh, off with Ice Cube being at the clinic. Now Ice Cube is at the clinic because he's there to get some free Jimmy hats, right? Which right. Is what we call, which is what but we call boy. rubbers back in the day. And he runs Phillip into his Brown. boy. Philip Brown is in there. Philip Brown here, told man? him that. <laughs> I'm here to get, <laughs> you know, I'm here to get a physical and shit. You know, for my job, they ask for a physical. You know. <laughs> All right, then stay up, homie. Philip Brown, Philip Brown. Yeah, I'm Philip Brown. Are you? I'm here to get a physical. We don't get physicals here. Oh, you don't? No, all we test for is syphilis, gonorrhea, and herpes. What's the matter? You're burning, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> bruh. That's perfect. I'm, you. That I'm, is perfect what you just did. Bruh, because uh, it stuck to me. It was, like I said, man, Cube was bringing us places. We are in the, we're in the clinic right now. We're yeah. sitting with ice cube. We watching the whole shit go down like this nigga. You think you going there to get some Jimmy Hassan for a physical? Like, nah, you, 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 she burned you, bro. Right. You know, you dripping down there. That's not good, homie. Yeah, man. I it love was, this song, bro. Cause it, I do too. I'm 13. I'm very, I'm a hormonal. My hormones are kicking in. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm trying to get right. some, 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 some trim. I'm trying to get trim, trim. you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, this song kind of scares me. 
Com? Yes. My brother. Yes. It scares me like, damn, I can get burnt. It was like mm -mm. a sex ed class, right? And, that, and that's exactly what it was supposed to be. That's exactly so how, what it was supposed did, to be. How did you feel I loved about it, man. This? I loved it. And like you said, you you were 13, I was 18, right? Right. So I'm in college. Right. So you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's yeah, and a black college at that. Yeah, so you already oh, know. Oh, so you hear this song, and it's it's like a cautionary tale, like you and it is it is what you just said. It's a sex ed song without being preachy. Right. And I think that's the that's the the brilliance of Ice Cube that it doesn't come off as preachy at all. He's telling a story and it's a cautionary tale. Like, look, you know, I, he, ne he never said, Hey, don't have sex. He's just like, look, protect yourself. Right. Man and woman, protect yourself. You, right. know, you, you can't worry, not even worrying about being pregnant, just protect yourself. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the bars in that song is just funny, man, but it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just the, the way that it starts with them being in the clinic and Philip Brown is, he's, he has he convinced everybody that he's just there for his physical. Right. And then the, and the nurse just says, she says it out loud. What's the matter? You burn blast. She blasts him on the intercom. I'm like, oh, dirty my bitch. God. Man, that was Yes, hilarious. I am, but I didn't want the whole clinic to know I was. Right, there. right, right, right. Thank right. you, uh, uh, Nurse Blaster. And then yeah. we get to track nine, Man's Best Friend. Oh, wow. Um, what, what did you think yeah. about this one, man? This is a this is another jam. <clears throat> okay, the the so we in history of rap, there's gun analogy songs. There's mm -hmm. the Tupac, me and my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. There's the uh, Pharrell Monch, the uh, uh, Straight Bullet. I know. Yep. Organized yep. confusion, and there's the Nas. I gave you power. I gave you power. And this was a this was just. I don't say it's in the same vein, but it's just the. The analogy of the dog, like Ren Ten Ten, Spud McKenzie, uh, Benji, uh, all the dogs that we grew up with, with television, he refers to him like, mm -hmm. yo, the dog is cool to have in your house, but I'm in Cali. I'm in L.A. when dudes are coming to knock down your door to get the weed stash right. or just rob you, and a dog ain't going to save you. They're going to bite him, but this gun, homie, this gun is going to get you right. You know, yes. this home, this gun is going to bite you harder than this bullet, you know. I mean, exactly. harder than the dog will. So I loved it, especially at the, toward the end where they had the little snippets of different shots. Just don't let me see you shoot no dog. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So that that as another another great song, you know. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it It's the irony of it. You know, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, Ice Cube is... is promoting the idea of owning guns and and he, he's not talking about it illegal he's saying like look you are an american have citizen right to bear you have arms. a right to bear arms and we That's all right. do right. and you know I, I always tell the joke even now like if we wouldn't have as many problems with the nra if if more black people had guns because if everybody black went and got guns the nra would shut everything down Oh, um, but, 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 but that's that <laughs> that's another story for another day but um but yeah i love this song man he mm -hmm. again ice cube storytelling spitting rhymes spitting bars it's and it's right. and, and that stuff is still relevant to this day it still makes sense to me as to how he got to that point um the sampling of then, atomic dog as well to man, accompany the dog references I'm not sure how many times Atomic Dog was sampled on this album. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Shout 
Just George know, Clinton, he, man. Period. Yeah, man, man. I mean, great song. Can't, great can't, song. you can't go wrong. Uh, then we get to track ten, "Alive on Arrival." Mm. Love this joint, man. What, what did you think about this one? So this was was this this is still side A, right? Yeah, it's still side A. It's the last full track of side A. Oh, when he's rolling with his homies. No, and, he's, and he gets shot. He gets shot, and then he's in the hospital. He blacks out. Yes. Once again, I, I'm sound like a broken record. I'm in the hospital with Ice Cube, watching him get overlooked by overstaffed hospital. He said, "MLK, this is where you go to die. They don't <laughs> help you." So yeah. I'm shot, and I'm bleeding. Niggas stepping over me to get closer to the mm, TV. TV. I'm in the hospital, right? Watching. Don't watch two episodes of MASH. MASH. So once again, it's another <laughs> example. Nobody, niggas don't watch MASH. We didn't watch MASH. But anyway, yeah, bro, just another great example of Cube's uh, ability to tell a story yes. from his perspective and put you in the in the seat with him, the passenger seat with him on this ride. We're still on the ride yes. from the death yeah. side, you know? So let's, let's, I mean, how did you feel about it? It was just... I love this song, man. This this song, it is very descriptive, but it's also problematic for how yeah. real it is because you could see that happening. I mean, not only does Ice Cube get shot, he gets shot and he goes to the hospital and he can't get help because he said, since we're poor, the hospital moves slow. So he's right. literally in the waiting room with a gunshot wound and he's bleeding and, you know, he don't know how he's going to make it. And he said he, he really doesn't start to get help until he starts cussing. He already watched right. two episodes of MASH. And then when he just is, uh, when he's just about to get help, the police come in and they're questioning him. And I mean, like, that's crazy to me. Like I'm, I'm sitting here with a bullet inside me and you're asking me mm -hmm. questions about who shot me. Who's the gang? Who's the game? He's like, who's the game? He's like, I had to be, he's like, I don't know. He's like, why? He said, why does it matter, man? I'm this, shot. He's like, then the other part, he's like, what does it matter, man? I'm shot. Yeah, I'm shot. Yeah, and and that that part right there was a sledgehammer to mm -hmm. me because, you know, that is so true. Why I'm sitting yeah. here, I'm shot, I'm bleeding, I'm I'm possibly right. dying, and you're asking me who shot me. At this point, it doesn't matter. I need just, I just need help. Yeah, and he said, um, you know, he he just. He goes on to talk about it and then he says, you know, he checks out. And when he said, I'm out at 5,000, you hear the, the flat line go and he basically dies. And then it goes right. into the next track, which is uh, the death, which is uh, uh, recited by uh, Khalid Abdul Muhammad. Now, Khalid Abdul Muhammad mm -hmm. was a member of the Nation of Islam. If I'm not mistaken, he was, and y'all can, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but at that particular time, I want to say he was Louis Farrakhan's right-hand man. So in essence, mm -hmm. he was to Farrakhan at this particular time this album came out. He was to what Farrakhan was to what Malcolm X was to um, Elijah, Elijah Muhammad. Right. So that's how that's that's how high this guy was. Uh, he he passed away a few years ago, but um, he's oh, on really? this album and. Passed away. Um, I, I want to wow. pass away. I didn't cancer. know that. I think he. I think he passed away from cancer. Um, wow. 
but a very, very deep guy. Um, yeah, he passed. Oh, wow. He passed away in 2001. I thought it was a couple of years ago. Jesus. Um, yeah, 2001. Yeah, man. Khalid Muhammad. Oh, and, man. I um, didn't know. But re- he, yeah, he was 53 when he passed. So he's relatively young. Oh, um, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And so he talks about, you know, he's in essence, in a lot of ways, kind of eulogizing the end of the album. And then mm-hmm. you, you go to side B, which is the life side, and he starts it off again, but he's talking about the birth. And yes. this side wherein I think you could you could probably say that the side A, the death side, is more of a darker side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the life side it is, is you're right. It's more it's more life. But it is pro black as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about power to the people. His you words, know. bro. When he comes in with the birth yes. of music and the you can hear the child being yeah. born. And he's like, mm-hmm. We are the beginning, mm-hmm. we are the end. So I'm getting some black pride. Like my parents weren't super pro black, yes. man. I'm keeping it a buck. They were my dad was doing this thing. My okay. parents were divorced. I'm a teenager. Teenage years are confusing. So now. This yes. guy that's preaching and speaking on Ice Cube's second part of his album. He's like telling me I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the creator of mathematics and science. I'm like, yes. really? Like that that, that gave see, me pride. You know, you know what, Ronell? I think that's the thing that that is very key about an album like this or Public mm-hmm. Enemy is because we were in our formative stages as far as our development, as far as like I said, coming into who we were, who we were as black men. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, they talked about things and they talked about people that we had never heard of, you know. So when you talk right. about, you know, Malcolm X or you talk about Elijah Muhammad or you talk about Marcus Garvey or mm. any other political yes. figure or, or historical figure, Fred, Frederick Douglass, a lot Call of times. Divine Clarence that, yeah, that that was our it, that was our introduction. And again, we didn't have the Internet, so we couldn't no, look we it up did. on Google. So you could have been in a household where you were taught to be proud that you're black, but it's another thing to hear it through the music and to hear right. that, right. get those kind of images and those kind of messages, I think were very key, particularly mm-hmm. in our formative years as we were growing up. So I thought that was, I thought that was dope. So it's amazing. he did the birth, the birth was track 12. And then we <laughs> go into track 13. I want to kill Sam. Uh, what what did you think about this one, man? So this is what I want to tell you earlier. <clears throat> okay. The how the guy's like, hi, I'm with the army recruiter. Would you like to like, mama, some man at the front door? Like, hey, you know, I'm with the army. I want to recruit your your son. Funny story. Years later, my mom talks to this recruiter, and oh, wow. I ended up enlisting in the army, National Guard, to to help pay for college. Okay. So that's so weird that when I hear I want to kill Sam, that it kind of was the same, like, yeah, you know, what are you doing? Or you know what you want to do with your life? And just that story just was like, showed you the, the, the tomfoolery with the government. Yes. And it sounded like, like when they, when they get you in the military and you go to basic training, you're basically, it's basically, you're, you're, it's like getting on a ship. Like back in the day when they packed all the slaves together, 
It's mm. weird, dude. I'll have to tell you another story about the military another time. <laughs> but the song. Was how how just, long were you just, in the service? Because I, I don't think I ever knew you. In, how long were you in the service? I did eight years. I did eight years. Oh wow, that's I did tough. six in the National Guard, and I did a year overseas with the active okay. duty army. Yeah, yeah. So I served my country, Uncle Sam. Give me my money. <laughs> Thank you for but, your service. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that song was was. Uh, it just made you aware. Like he he was warning us, like don't fall for it. You're a black man about to get out of high school. They looking to come get you. Don't work for their army. It's their army. It's their system. The system that has been on step, put keeping their foots on our necks since we got here or when we were already here. So it was just a warning, another warning. Like, don't do it, young brother. Don't do it. Man, so, listen. yeah, that's what I got out of that song. But at the time, I didn't know. You yeah, know? right. Yeah, you're right, man. It, it it is it it is definitely that. It um it definitely speaks to that process of like you said, getting out of high school. And you know, for a lot of people, and I'm sure Cube grew up with people like this, and you and I did. You know, when high school was or when it was coming toward the end of high school, you know, you got one or two a couple of options. You know, you could either go to college, mm-hmm. or you could go to work, or you can go into the military. And, right. you know, those were the options for young black men. And it's just, you know, particularly for a kid who might have come out of high school and was kind of not really feeling school or maybe you just barely got out of high school. Maybe you got out of high school fine and you're just like, you know, what, I'm done with school. You right. know, here comes the recruiters and they make it sound like, you know, uh, the armed force is the best place <laughs> to be in the world. Like, you know, it's, what they, what's like, the slogan they say? We do more more for 6 a.m before 6 a.m. that you're doing a whole day. Whole like, day, yep. Oh, word. And so, and so the pit, that's the pitch, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, even like when I graduated, I graduated from high school in 1991. I know people who graduated with me that they went off into the service and a little thing called Desert Storm happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so then, so now, you know, you you pitch this idea of, okay, hey, you're, you know, yeah, it'll be great. You're going to the army next and you, you sign up, you go to basic training and then you come out of basic training and you're going to the Gulf of Mexico, you know, um, or oh not the Gulf of Mexico, the, the, um, what am I thinking about? Um, Kuwait. Kuwait. That's where you're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going there and no, it's just not, you know, you're, you don't belong over in the Gaza strip fighting people over oil. Um, or whatever it was for, because killing people you don't even know, don't even right. know. And so waste of time, waste of money. I had um, my dad served in Vietnam. Oh wow! I, I had How many years? That served, uh, five years, I think. Um, oh my goodness! But he, the thing was, was that he always told me and my brother, like he was like, I went there so you guys wouldn't have to go there. And so he always made, like, he never made the service sound like some shit you want to do. Like, right. You no, know, he made it sound like it was just terrible. He was like, I mean, like, he he had a great time and he met some great people. He was like, right. he lost some friends and stuff like that. He was just like, he was like, nah, he's like, y'all, y'all not doing that. So, like, so the idea of coming out of high school and then going into the service was never an option for us. Like that's just, yeah. he's like, he's like, man, you, he's like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll find you a job. He's like, that ain't right. gonna be a job. So, um, so my, my perspective was skewed, but this song was so incredible because it just opened my eyes as to how, you know, you, you see the, you see the BS, you know, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I didn't, just like you said, the, the, 
the whole skit when they start off when he's like, Mom, my man's at the front door. And then Cube talks about how, you know, you get lured in. And he even makes a, a reference to like, you know, like how it was when we were slaves, when we were in Africa. They said, right. hey, come on, get on this ship. Well, they didn't tell us, come on, get on this ship. But you know, know what I mean? But, um, on the ship. <laughs> right. So, uh, but I love this track, man. I love yeah, this track. It, great, I mean, track. like I said, pro-black as hell. Um, yes. Then the next track, track 14. <sighs> Horny Little Death. <laughs> oh, I love this one. I loved it. <laughs> what you got on this uh, one, man? Okay. I'm not gonna go there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, they had some people in my family that, uh, but no, nah, it was just, the sample was amazing, right? So that's a Sly yes. sample. That's yes. a Sly and the yes. Family Stone sample. Shout out to and Sly. it's like, don't call me nigga Whitey, don't call me Whitey nigga. And it just was like saying the weakness of that race. Like y'all, y'all don't, y'all hump slow. Y'all, y'all women look crazy. Y'all fiending over our women. Right. And you just need to you just go somewhere, man. Who horny little devil? It's like I had a picture of a the clansman in the in the with the every in the full full gear. Wow. And um, but yeah, man, I love the song. It just made me look at America different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so man. and it has some comedy in there too, and color me bad. Oh yeah, no can't doubt. Can't sex me up and can't sex me up. Right. Horny little devil must be a fag, and I'm just, it was very like you said. It was homophobic. It was homophobic, it was misogynistic. It, it was he was just trying to get up, but he got his point across. It was pro black. It was uh, yeah, anti white. It was, I mean, it it was it was against interracial dating, interracial, uh, you know, you know. I don't, I don't even think Cube had issues with black men and black women. It was the white man and the black woman. Right. You know, he said. Um, what he said, he said, uh, he said, you, he said, he said, I begged you not to touch my mother, so you raped her, or something like that. Yeah. And he said, that's yeah. why, I'm, that's why I'm lighter than the average brother. Right. So, you know, just going back to slavery. So, like, you, you, you get those again, a lot of gems are in these for, for as misogynistic or, uh, anti Semitic as this album is. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of gems and a lot of things that, that he does and says to make you think about it. Right. And and again, he's dropping gems and is not being preachy, and I, and I can definitely appreciate that. Oh yeah, um, oh, but yes. yeah, I, I I love it, man. I love from the sample all the way down. Oh yeah, um, it's funny too because he's just going oh, off no on question. his white. He's going off on his white dude, whoever he is. Like, no yeah, well, yeah, he he caught a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then the next track is uh, Black Korea, which is only forty six seconds. Yeah, it's but like he got a, a lot. Of, he he got oh a lot off in forty six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, he was he was foreshadowing because yes. the riots came after that, and you know they were looting and rioting. But the Koreans, something had happened where the Korean lady shot a young girl or something like. Yeah, I'm Natasha not, don't quote me. Yeah, Natasha. So Hawkins. yeah, it was it was foreshadowing to the Koreans, like in minister society. Had the seams mm -hmm. like hurry up and yep. buy like you nobody wants to steal nothing out your little store man you know so it was it was a world that we didn't know because we didn't have Koreans in the world no. we had a lot no. of Vietnamese here you know and but uh, it was another dope song it was social commentary it was just he was like yes. the news reporter you know of of, of <laughs> exactly. his neighborhood you know and I, I appreciated it bro so like you say it was forty six seconds 
funny, the funniest part. Yeah, I'm gonna let you tell us the funny part at the end. No, you you tell me you you tell me what you think the funny part is. No, no, on, on Black Korea was the 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 do the right thing. Twenty D oh, energizer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is D, D motherfucker? D, learn to speak English, fight it right. D, how many you say? 20, motherfucker. 20. 20. Oh, oh. Motherfucker, yeah. me, huh? Just count the fucking batteries, all right? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you, you, got, you got that dead on point, man. It, it was, um, it, it was just that, man. It was 46 seconds, and it was, again, you know. Much like you, man. I mean, there were no Koreans in no. Florence, South Carolina, where I grew up. I mean, it was just black and white. That was it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't even have any Hispanics, at least not from what I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, but he addressed a lot of stuff in, like I said, in a short period of time. And racism, pure racism. He's like, look, yeah. how can you have your store in my community and you mm -hmm. treat me like a second-class citizen in in my neighborhood? Right. You know, and it's very similar to, you know, uh, you know, seeing and do the right thing with uh, uh, Mookie and um, and Sal's Pizza. You know, Sal's mm -hmm. like, I mean, Mookie's like, how come, you know, I'm, I mean, bugging out was like, man, how, how come you ain't got no brothers on the wall? You know, you got all these Italians on right. the wall. And right. your your pizza shop is in a black neighborhood. In, in the heart and, of Bed-Stuy. In the heart of Bed-Stuy. And, you know, and it's the same thing. And and even like you mentioned that the, uh, the shooting of Natasha Hawkins, I, I remember that story. Um, wow. I didn't see, I saw blurred images of the video, but the little, the girl, Natasha Hawkins, we don't know what she said on the tape, but I mean, like she it literally doesn't. had her, she had her back turned and she was just, she, I don't even, I don't think she even had anything in her hand. She was walking out. So you see the, the, the person come from behind the counter and you see him pull a gun mm. and it's like, I mean, just shot her in cold blood. And I mean, like, you know, for what? And it was just over like, some words, oh, over some yeah, I mean, Andy. It was just crazy, man. So it was, you know, so songs like that, I mean, mm -hmm. things like that inspired that type of song and it, it addressed it. And, you know, that's something big that, um, you know, another fallout from the riots was, you know, the the business owners that were in these black neighborhoods, those were some of the first ones that got burned down in South Central Yeah. Um, when the riots yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, then we moved to track 16. <laughs> mm. True to the game. Oh. Uh, the video. What you got on you this remember one, the video? Yeah. You was hardcore hip hop. Look at yourself, oh, boy. boy and flip flops. Flops. Giving our music away what to the mainstream. Don't you know they ain't, you know down, they with ain't team. down with the team? They just sent your oh. boss over. Put a bug in your ear. And then you crossed now over. Now you crossed over. They'll oh, have you bro. on MTV this year. He was like, nah, they'll oh, have a new nigga next year. Yeah, right. it was, it was, no more white fans, no more no souls, and you might have a heart attack when you find out the black folks don't want you back. Don't want you back. Bye, nigga. Man, listen, listen, <laughs> bro. I could rap that, that all day, song, bro. When he said, "You know that's right. You ain't white, so stop holding your ass holding tight." Your ass tight. <laughs> Why are you trying to pass? With your black with ass. Your black ass. <laughs> Brother, video, it was shots. It was so many shots at, at TV personalities on MTV. Yes. I don't know if it was yes. Bill Bellamy. It was a shot at MC Hammer. Yeah. He yeah. was killing Hammer. But Hammer, truth be told, kids, and Hammer is a real dude. He's from the streets he, of Oakland. Don't get it he twisted. Is. He's don't a real dude. He'll have you, yeah, he'll have you six feet if he right. if he wants to. So yeah, don't, don't yeah, let the dance and fool you. No, don't let it. Don't. 
but yeah, but another dope song, man, about the keeping it real was popular at that time. So nobody wanted to, and even EPMD had the crossover song, mm-hmm. crossover. So it was it was very important in the hip hop community to not sell out. Yes. But on highs and you know, like there was nobody, there was no hip hop commercials at that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody was getting Sprite deals, sneaker deals, product deals like these young kids are now. So it was very important to keep it real. And I believe Q, like, yo, man, these dudes on MTV, surrounded by white people, they're going to fire you. MC Hammer, even though I liked some of the MC Hammer stuff, I'm not going to front to y'all. I did. It was very popular. Oh, we all did. But You know what I'm saying? But it just made me look at Hammer different, you know, and to not sell out. But it was another Mm -hmm. great beat, another great track, you know. Yeah, man. So... Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. Thousand percent, I agree. Um, one of my favorite tracks on the album. I think it was. Um, it was. Uh, it was fitting because, at like you said, at the time in hip hop, and this is going to be kind of hard for, especially those who are younger listening and watching, to understand. Like, you were looked down upon if you made money from <laughs> from hip hop. Yes. Like yes. your goal should have been just to get on the radio or get your video played on TV, but it wasn't to make money. So when somebody like Hammer came through and he had a Rick James sample uh, for You Can't Touch This, and Hammer was on MTV and he had Hammer pants and Hammer cartoons. Yeah, he was making millions. You know, he was viewed as somebody who was a sellout, but he really wasn't selling out because um, I don't think Hammer sought out to go there to me at that particular time a definition of a sellout is if you you know sold yourself a soldier soul or sold your music to right you know to cross over whatever and i don't think hammer made mm-hmm. that music to to cross over because you know he had other songs like that on previous albums before he blew if you will um right, right. but he took a shot at hammer and you know like I said, it, it was just that song is just so funny to me and the video is even funnier. It is. Uh, oh I think it's WJ Pooh, right? Yeah, it was a pool. What Dancing? Pool in the video? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in years, that, but the, the, when they I, showed I the person cool. doing a running man, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that that song, man. Just it takes me back because, like you said, it was it was looked down upon. You weren't supposed to make yeah. make money, you know, in hip hop, which and is truth a, be told. MC mm-hmm. Hammer took care of the whole Everybody. community, everyone. Everybody. And if that's selling out, yeah. I mean, no, he Hammer took so care of his. Yeah. He literally took care, took care of his people in the community. Everybody. Well, you know what it was. You know what it was. It was. It was rap. It wasn't even hip hop at that particular time. So we're talking 1991. At that particular time, mm-hmm. it was really about just keeping rap where it was, and rap was starting to big get bigger and cross over, and it was getting play on MTV and getting videos and stuff like that. Yes. And money was starting to come into. So when yeah. money was coming in, the OGs at the time, they were upset because, and, they, and it trickled down to the fans, like, we ain't supposed to be making money. And and so, you know, you look, kind of look at it like, and like, wait a minute, if, what are we doing here if I'm, if I'm not supposed to be, you know, because you're not right. looking at Michael Jackson or Prince or Diana Ross or Whitney Houston saying you're not supposed to make money. So why is it we're in rap? We're not supposed to make money. We're supposed what, what are we supposed to be doing if we're not making exactly. money? And right. But I think the gatekeepers at the time wanted to make sure that 
when money was made, the art wasn't lost. And you can make a case that, you know, it probably did happen down the road. But um, oh, I yes. think it's still a, a really, really dope song, man. Really, really dope song. Oh, One amazing. of my favorites on the amazing, album. Amazing, man. Um, yeah. Then we get to the Posse Cut, track 17 uh, of the Life Side, called Colorblind. And this featured Ice mm. Cube, Deadly Threat, Cam, The Mad Circle, King T, and J.D. What did you think about this one? J.D. That's the guy, a part of Lynch Mob. Yes, you yes, saying you, I, yes. You, yeah, J.D. And T-Bone or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. JD. It's a it, it, it. We don't. I don't hear nobody mentioning that this is a posse cut. It and is clearly it is. I mean, it has a little dark undertone. The beat is very. It's a very popular set in the tape and ride mm-hmm. to yes at yes. night. Like man, I'm just I'm colorblind. The fact that they were like, "Yo, this gangster is real out here," but I'm trying to get yes. away from it. I don't want to walk down the street and get harassed like hey man what set you claiming like i don't i don't bang i write the good rhymes good rhymes and i'm a victim of neighborhood crimes right you know like and they were i thought that was dope because it's all black men like yo we mm-hmm. out here in south central we see what's going on we lost cousins we got uncles in jail we don't want to do this anymore we're gonna give you our perspective on it so i thought it was an amazing track man I, I'm gonna tweet that man. Like, why doesn't anybody mention this is a posse cut? It's always yeah. we're in the same gang. Uh the uh the uh the symphony, Wu Tang, yep. yep. uh, you know what I'm saying? Self-destruction uh, scenario, the, all yeah, self-destruction, all those get mentioned, but colorblind was I mean, that never gets mentioned. That's a great point, yeah, man. It, it was it was a good it was a really good song, man. And I think the thing that you know always impressed upon me was that it it talked about gang life. But it didn't necessarily celebrate it. It, you know, it was right. like you said, them trying to move away from it and just letting people mm-hmm. know, like, hey, I, I ain't about that, you know, because I think maybe they saw in themselves, like, look, we're at this stage now where we're rapping, we're touring, we're mm-hmm. getting money. We don't want to, you know, we, you can't help but be gang affiliated, you know, living out there. I mean, I think that goes without right. saying because your neighborhood right. could, you, you could be, affiliated with a gang just based on where you live and that ain't got nothing to do with you because your house or you were mm-hmm. living there before the gang got there but um right but yeah i, I love this joint man another like i said another banger on it on that side um then we hit the track 18 doing dumb shit <laughs> dumb sh- how how many times have we said i was young and dumb and full of cum man, a lot we did a lot of dumb shit man not too much that we went to jail. I was definitely right, but we did some right. dumb shit. Did a lot of dumb shit. I, I, a lot of dumb. I loved it because he goes, he goes through the three stages: mm-hmm. elementary, yep. high school. Wait, no, elementary, junior high, and high school. You know, primary, secondary. You know, this just your phases of life, man. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I was thirteen and I was at the the middle. So I'm like, damn, I can't wait to get to high school and bring my virginity and. You know, Jimmy started shaking. Yep. Right? <laughs> My body started shaking and Jimmy felt funny. Funny. <laughs> Wait, how does the, the song start? I think no. No, okay. But yeah, that's a that's another great, another great uh picture he painted and just a he got me prepared for high school and just hanging with the OGs and and going back and forth, snapping on each other and yep. you know. 
it's a, it's a, just another testament. Kitchen to pennies. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, yeah. He talked about, you know, his yeah. first sexual experience. He said he jumped up because he thought she broke his joint. Like, because right, it felt right. funny. His body started jerking and stuff. He started, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, so like that right there just made me laugh, man, because it's like, you know, yeah. you, you know, people, your, your OGs or your brothers or who uncles or whoever, or you, maybe even your pops told you about what your first sexual experience is going to be like. But the first time it happens, mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute. You know, like, is this what it's supposed you to be? You tell me all this, pop. Yeah, you ain't tell me right. all this. Like, you Not left a lot great. of stuff out. <laughs> you did, bro. You left a lot of stuff out. It was a, so, it was, yeah. Yeah, they did, man. They yeah, did. this but this like, was... Uh, if our parents joint. didn't talk to us, Cube kind of gave us a, a, a exactly. precursor to what it's going to be like, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Another dope one. Uh, then we get to track 19, uh, Us. Um... This song right here, <sighs> listen. It was a cube held the mirror up. You took words right cube out of my mouth. Held the, we, he, we held basically when I hear that song, I'm, I'm holding the mirror up or I'm holding the mirror up to we all have stories. It could mm-hmm. be family or friends or somebody you don't know. It's always one person that's going to mess it up for everybody. You know, like if you go by your cousins, one of your cousins is bad. Everybody getting it with it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it just, it's, I don't know who did it, who broke the, the pot, who, who broke the glass, but if y'all don't tell me who did it, all y'all Everybody. get y'all ass bust. Right. So it just, it was just a, it was, it was a, a song that just was self reflecting. Like, yeah. then they had people during the song, like, why, when we go to a concert, one motherfucker got a word for, for everybody and we got to leave the cancel concert or somebody starts shooting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bro, another another uh, another gem, man. He just kept dropping gems all over the place, bro. Yeah, Damn. he uh, he said us will always sing the blues because all we care about is hairstyles and tennis shoes. I was like, God, bro. damn, cute. Oh, materialistic <laughs> stuff. You could tell oh, when somebody man. black get money because they go buy that car. Yeah, like, they go get the fanciest clothes. We gotta be the flashiest. Be he the spoke loudest. the truth on this one, and and I think this one stepped on a it stepped on a lot of toes. But a he lot. was he was spitting the real. He was spitting the real. He was. Man. Um, he was. And then we come to the final track of the album, track twenty, uh, five minutes and fifteen seconds of pure fire. The track is called. Mm. You already know what it is. It is called No Vaseline, where Ice Cube sets aim at NWA, and he manages to oh, pick off man. every single member. With precision. What did you think of it? He was a sniper. Yo, Kyle. Ice Cube was on the top of the hotel building, right? Yep. Or, or just yep. waiting, and he plucked each member off. Easily. With, like, like I said, with precision. Easily. Crosshairs, you gone. Like it was, it was just an obliteration of that group, man. And, and and being that young, I didn't know. I mean, I knew about. I didn't know too much about hip hop, but I knew that was an annihilation. And it just made me like, as I got older, I went back and listened to the bridge. The bridge is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, South Bronx. All the hit 'em up. I, I, this is one of my favorite. Besides the, well, the bitch in you. <laughs> kills Q. but this is right. this is out there as far as diss tracks man he didn't 
He didn't hold back. He told your name. Some some disses nowadays, these young guys, they be sneak dissing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cube said your name. So just amazing, bro. I couldn't believe he 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 got away with that and he didn't get touched. One of the great diss tracks of all time, No Vaseline. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that, I, I don't have a memory of it, was that a thing that was a, 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 the diss tracks I feel like became a thing, was that early era of that or was that already happening a lot? What was going on, you know, it started way back, you know, when hip hop first started, you know, some famous, you know, battles, you know, uh, that go back in the day, LL and Kumo D had one. I think that's one that went to big heights. Uh, but so there's always been this and, you know, me and NWA got into it, and, you know, I had to let them know. No. You know. I mean, because there was nothing they could say. There was nothing they could say. I mean, kinda, like, he kind of aired out their dirty laundry. He aired out everything. Yelling Compton, but you moved to Riverside. <laughs> I never have dinner with the president. And when I see your ass again, uh, I'll be hesitant. Oh, hesitant. my God. Man, yeah, yellow yeah. boys on your team, so you're losing. Hey, yo, Dre, stick to, <laughs> stick to producing. Man, like you said, he picked off every single one. And I remember um, <laughs> he just, I mean, like, he annihilated everybody. And he he wasn't playing. Like, and, and the thing about it was when you heard N.W.A. had dissed him, you weren't sure how he was going to respond or if he was going to respond at all. And to be honest, I don't even remember how much time it was between you know, them releasing their songs I don't at, either. You know, right. at him, or it might've been a year, maybe, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, when I heard that and, and when we saw the, uh, when we saw the movie, I was interested to see how that was going to play out and just seeing their reaction of how they reacted. And then yellow said, it, he made it look how he's like, damn, you know, he, he fucked us up, you know, um, <laughs> crazy man it, it was just I, I still think and i still maintain to, at least to me i think mm-hmm. this is the coldest the hardest disc record ever because i mean he just nwa was known as the world's most dangerous crew and he destroyed right. the world's most dangerous crew and they couldn't re- and he never responded they couldn't it was nothing no. they could say um yeah I, ice Cube, that's amazing I mean, bro one guy against the group Pusha T, I'm sorry, bro. You you killed Drake, yes. Right, uh, right. Meek Mill and Drake and all that, these new disses, I'm just like, y'all yeah. dissing each other? But I ain't gonna lie, right. Pusha T's diss was... Oh, I love I love Pusha T's diss. Yeah, but you know amazing. And, and, and that him. was the thing, too, like, that people were saying, oh, man, you know, you shouldn't... You sh- it shouldn't be personal. I'm like, if you dissing somebody, especially Shit. if you don't like them, it's supposed to be... There's no, there's no rules oh, in none of this. it's gonna get ugly. It's no, gonna get ugly. It's supposed to get ugly. I mean, they they talked about, you know, raping him with a broom, you know, beating him up and oh, shooting yeah, him and all kind all, of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you didn't know what Cube was gonna say, but you knew he was gonna say something. So oh my God. yeah, no Vaseline. Perfect. Then the beat, the beat, the beat, the beat. <sighs> the <on>, beat. <laughs> that dad's beat. Yes. I think Brick made that song. Yeah, you know? yep, yeah, yep, man. Just, yep, a, just a great way to end an album, bro. Jeez, Louise, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I love it. I love it. Um, before we get out of here, man, um, we touched on it a little earlier. If you had to give it mics under the the Source Magazine's mic system, how many mics are you giving it? Because I think this album got, I want to say, it got four and a half mics from the Source. Mm-hmm. Um. 
what would you give it if you were giving it mics today mm-hmm. or at that time oh yeah okay yeah so uh i'll give it about a four and four and a half or four to four and a half man i like i said man there's there's maybe a few songs that i'm like because us i liked it but i guess the production mm-hmm. wasn't what I want, I think I wanted more production on us, and uh, but yeah, that's the only thing, man. But yeah, I'll give it four and a half mics. How yeah, about you? I, I'm at four, I'm at four and a half. Uh, I, as much as I enjoyed the posse cut, um, I could have just been cool with just Cube and maybe JD. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad yeah. song, it's it, it is a it's a song I like, but I it's my least like song on the album, but it's not a skip for me. Um, right, but I think that if if I'm saying blemishes, that might be the only blemish. But other than that, the, the album's flawless. And again, by if it had come out, you know, later in the '90s, it might have been a double album. But mm-hmm. again, it's only it's it's an hour long. It's an hour, yes, and one minute. And um, but it's it's flawless, man. This this is a really really dope album. Four and a half mics, I think, is is very deserving. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Ice Cube did he didn't miss, man. He didn't miss with this one. Uh, I, I again, it's something that I still love. I still play uh, for as yes. much as I love it. I do say that, and I do think that Death's I'm not Death's America's Most Wanted is slightly better. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give that to Bomb Squad too. With their, with <laughs> yeah. they, they, yes. they, they yeah. held in his pen was amazing. Another, another America's Most Wanted is just the storytelling because yeah, I came to it late. I was on death certificate first, then I went. Okay, back. okay, yes. And I just was like, oh my god, this is yeah, he, this he is was, good. He was killing it. He just for America's it. Most Wanted to transition the death certificate is amazing. Yes, man. this is an amazing transition, man. So yeah, man. Yeah, he Cube uh, Ice was, Cube. Uh, he he wasn't he wasn't the RB there yet guy back then. He was. <laughs> He was pretty feared by a lot of white people at that time. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, that that's it. We we uh, we we have wrapped it up. Uh, before we get out of here, man, Vernell, tell folks where they can find you, man, where they can check you out at. Uh, this is obviously your first time on the podcast, but bro, we yeah. you'll be back. Yeah, you will be back. No, I appreciate, man. I, number, I just want to. I just want to say thanks for for inviting me to the show, man. man uh, no I, problem. I love the content. And I'm just happy to be here, bro. Uh, y'all can catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Neltron8000. There you go. There yep. you go. And he's yeah. always on there talking hip-hop, too. So if you're a hip-hop head, if, if you if you like that real hip-hop, you know, check him out. He'll definitely, you know, spit some gems for you, too, as well. Um, you guys know where to find me, uh, 12 Kyle on all socials. Uh, the podcast is the 12 Kyle podcast on all socials. Uh, the podcast drops every thursday at midnight uh from time to time this year we'll drop bonus episodes on sundays at midnight so make sure that you subscribe uh it's on all platforms uh you can find it anywhere any dsps there's no reason not to subscribe so make sure that you subscribe uh that's gonna do it for us once again man ice cube death certificate yes 30 years late man it's crazy to believe it's 30 years uh, 30 years get later, no, man. Bro. I know, right? We getting up there. <laughs> That's going to do it for me. So, for my man, Vernell, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five Gs.